I want to welcome you again to our studies. This is message number eight on our study, The Red Heifer. This is a continuation of message number seven, and this is going to have five parts to it. So it'll take a little while to listen to, but if you'll just uh, be patient with us and follow through, there's a lot to learn. for our service, for our teaching. This will be message number seven on the red heifer. Excuse me, uh, message number eight on the red heifer. Uh, for those of you that have been following long, last week we left off on explaining about six different battles, at least that we're gonna be covering. And that is the battle for the mind, the battle for the conscience, the battle for the imagination, the battle for our will, the battle for the heart, and the battle for faith. And in each of these, we covered quite a number of scriptures. We have already outlined uh, the battle for the mind, the battle for the conscience, the battle for the imagination. We are going to start today with the battle for the will, and the battle for the heart, and the battle for faith. And we're going to continue explaining and expounding on quite a number of different things. We've covered quite a number of different verses. You can always go back and listen to the previous messages, those of you that have access and can. And uh, for those of you that are just joining us for the first time, the battle for the mind is in the book of Romans, chapter 20, chapter 7, verse 23 through 25. Uh, 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 7. Romans, chapter 8 verses 5 through 7. The battle for conscience, we found that in the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 14, the battle for the imagination, 2 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 3 through 6. And of course, in our studies and throughout these teachings, we will be referring back and forth to a lot of the things. That means that we will be re-reading a lot of the scriptures and re-saying a lot of the things that we've said before, but I'm a constant believer of uh, an individual having to be able to hear a thing more than once and let it just kind of sink deep into your mind, sink, sink deep into your heart, let it become a part of you. So we start off with the battle of our will, which is going to be Romans chapter 7, verse uh, 15 to 20. And then, of course, the battle for the heart is going to be in Proverbs chapter uh, 4, verse 20 through 23. And then the book of Luke chapter 1, verse 53. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. Of course, there's going to be many other scriptures. The battle for faith is going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. And in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. These are the things that we want to cover. These are the things we want to look at. So we're going to head right on into point number four, the battle for the will. Beginning in the, in the book of Romans, chapter 7, verse 15. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would that I do, I not. But what I hate, that do I. 
then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now, then, verse 17, it is no more I that do it, but it is sin that dwelleth in me. Verse 18, for I know that in me, that is, my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Notice what Paul says about our flesh, our physical body. There is nothing good that dwells in it. The solution for the flesh is for it to be crucified on a daily basis, according to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where Paul says, I die daily. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him take up his cross daily and follow me. So it is a daily thing. But then we're going to find that not only is it daily, it is a moment-by-moment -moment battle that we have to deal with when it comes to the will and the mind and the conscience and the imagination and all these things. But the flesh must be crucified. You cannot retrain the flesh. The flesh is corruptible. The flesh is going to perish. But the flesh can be used as an instrument for good if guided by the Holy Spirit, by the Word of God, by a good conscience and imagination that is grounded in the Word of God. So, for I know that in me, that is my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Nothing good dwells in there. For to will is present. In other words, to want to do it is there. How am I going to do it though? How is this going to be accomplished? To will is present. I have an inclination to want to do it. But how am I going to accomplish that? If I have something contrary, battling against my will to do something different. Now we've learned in the past that the will is part of the soul. Identified as the will, the emotions, and the mind are all what, compros what compromise the human psyche, the, the soul, the soulish part of man. The part with which he thinks, the part with which he wills to do, or rebel, or disobey, and then of course the emotions, which need no explanation. So Paul is saying that there's things that he wants to do that he has an issue of not being able to do them. And there's things that he does not want to do that he finds himself being forced almost to do them. And he realizes that his will does not want to do certain things and his will wants to do certain things. But there is this battle raging in the body against the will that says, no, 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 do it this way. Or no, don't do it at all. So he finds himself in a bind. He finds himself right in the middle of an issue. 
And this is what he continues to say. For no good thing dwelleth in me, for to will is present with me. See, Jesus said to his disciples when they were asleep in the garden, when he told them, pray that you enter not into temptation, right before he was taken away, when he was betrayed by Judah, he tells them three different times. He tells them, pray, pray. And then he mentions something interesting. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that is what we find in the book of Romans. That there is no condemnation in chapter 8, verse 1. There is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that the flesh was weak. See, our flesh does not have the ability to serve God on its own. Because it's corruptible. Our flesh also has a tendency to want to do evil and to sin. So, because it was trained by the old nature to act and behave that way, therefore we have to crucify it. Crucify it, that means we have to deny it, its pleasures and its desires, bring it in line with the will of God in our spirit, with the Word of God in our mind, and with God's presence and help, crucify the flesh so that it is surrendered and yielded as a member to work righteousness instead of unrighteousness. According to the book of Romans, all of chapter 6, especially the last parts, where it talks about yield not your body or the members of your body as instruments of unrighteousness, but as instruments of righteousness. So we find ourselves that here we want to do something good, but then all of a sudden we find this battle, this struggle, that is warring against us, and it's right with us. It's our very own flesh, our very own body, battling against the very will that we want to do and accomplish it. And the problem with that is there is not any strength in the flesh in and of itself to be able to overcome. Now, there's a lot of people that are strong-willed in themselves and they can kick a habit of uh, smoking or kick a habit of drinking or whatever. But the majority of the people, when they find themselves bound by sin in the flesh are not capable of delivering themselves. Usually they may have to get into some type of a program or something like that. But the tendency is that the flesh wants to revert back to the way that it was before. So Paul is saying he wants to do good, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. He, he just in himself was saying that there is no way, at least not right now, before I know Christ, before I come to Christ, I, I cannot overcome the majority of the desires of the flesh and its weaknesses. Like I mentioned before, we may be able to overcome some things here and there, but the desire to want to do them will always be battling against you. Therefore, 
The only way for the battle to truly be won is that the flesh be crucified, that it die daily, that it not be given the strength and the will to fulfill what it wants to accomplish. And if it cannot accomplish what it wants to accomplish, then we can give it new directions. In chapter 7, verse 19, a continuation of what we're reading in the book of Romans, it says, for the good that I would do, in other words, the good that I want to do, I don't do it. And he says, but the evil which I don't want to do, that is what I do. So notice there is a battle, there is a almost schizophrenic division. I want to do good, but I don't have the ability to do it. I don't want to do bad, but I don't know how to stop and not do it. So we do find that there is a struggle, there is a battle for the will. The evil that I don't want to do, that is what I wind up doing. Verse 20, now, if I do that which I would not, if I do the things that I don't want to do, if I do absolutely the things that I don't want to do, then it is no longer I. I am not in control that wants to do it. But sin that dwelleth in me. And in this case, before we know Christ, it is the sin nature. It is the old man that was crucified with Christ. The day that he was crucified on that cross, that old man was also crucified with him. So that we could have victory over the flesh. But it's sin that dwelleth in me. Verse 21. I find then a law. That when I want to do good, evil is present. If there's some things that we can learn from the Lord's Prayer, and one of the reasons we should expound on it and learn, not only to just repeat it, but actually follow the pattern that it establishes. Our Father which art in heaven, we belong to a family, He's our Heavenly Father. Holy! That, that is the nature of God. Holy is His name. Holiness is His very nature. Holy is your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Your will to be accomplished on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those that trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one and deliver us from the works of evil that exist on the earth and deliver us from those who work evil. So evil is present, not in me, but with me. It's with me at this point. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. At this point, this is the end of part number one. Message continues on part number two.